Good evening, TDN listeners. Welcome to this week in interview. I am your host, Anthony Drago. It is Wednesday, and it is the fourth Wednesday in May, our month of appreciation, of celebration of Dominican writers. And um, I'm excited that tonight I have another, a couple of brilliant uh, Dominican writers as well. Um, my guest tonight on this week in interview is Mr. Ali Lazar. Uh, will carry us through the first half of the show, and in the second half, um, uh, uh, Miss Sharon Dorival is, uh, is going to be in the second half um, of, of tonight's show. So welcome, listeners. If, if you are a regular listener, welcome back. Uh, you know I never take your your part, your listening for granted. I, I, we are so busy at this time that the fact that you, you choose to make me and this week in interview part of your weekly schedule, I am very appreciative of that. Uh, if you are a new listener, if tonight is the first time that you listen to this week in interview, welcome. I, I hope that you enjoy the time that you spend with us. It's going to be a little bit more than an hour. Uh, I hope that you, you will find it sufficiently fulfilling that you too will become a regular listener to this week in interview. The objective of this week in interview is to bring you information from people who have experience, uh, life experience that, that gives them something to share with us. And whether, whether because of their training, because of the things that they are interested in, or, or otherwise, um, I, I, I get the privilege and the honor to have conversations with these very accomplished individuals, and I share those conversations with you. And I, we always bring it from a different angle, because we, what we do should not be the same thing that you would find by just clicking your mouse or, or going online or, or your remote control on your television. Otherwise, there'd be no need for this weekend interview. So. Uh, those of you who are used to the show know I always play the character anthem, so I'm going to do that. Um, if, you, if tonight is the first time you're listening, what's happening is that for the month of May, I, I, I dedicated the entire month of May to, to celebrate Dominican writers. And, and so every Wednesday we've had two writers on, and this is our fourth Wednesday, and so far it's been tremendous. Your response has been very encouraging. Um, it seems that it's something that was long overdue, and I'm very happy to carry it on. As a matter of fact, the response from both the audience and the writers have so, been so tremendous that it looks like we're going to have to do one of those interviews one Wednesday every month going forward. So let's listen to Mikael Henderson as she does the character anthem. We have, a, we have some sponsors that we have to um, get a little message to you from them. And uh, when we come back, I'm going to be joined on the phone by Mr. Alec Lazar, one of, the, one of the accomplished writers from Dominica, and we're going to talk about his work. Uh, we are not able to do Facebook Live. It seems that Zoom is having an issue. Um, we try to do both live on, on Facebook as well as on YouTube, and that's having difficulty. But I'm, going to, I'm rec recording um, the video of the conversations, and, and the, um, the video cast will be available 
um, by tomorrow morning, so you, and we'll post it on the page, um, so you'll be able to see that. But it will not be live. I apologize for that. It looks like Zoom's having issues, um, getting a lot of, uh, you know, not, not very good quality coming up online. So, so we'll not do Facebook Live, but we will record um, the interview. So we're back to trusty just audio. It has served us well in the past. But let's let's do the Caricom anthem, and as soon as we come back. Um, we'll, we'll have, we're having a conversation first with Mr. Ali Klaza, the second half of the show with Ms. Sharon Dorival. From many distant lands, our forefathers came, some seeking adventure, some bound in chains. Waged and fought through victory and pain. By test of their courage, our freedom was gained. In homage to those gone before us, the heroes of lands in the sun, we vow to join hands and to focus on building. Caribbean, raise your voices high, sing of your Caribbean pride, sing it loud and strong, feel our hearts beat as one, celebrate in song, as we rise to heights where we St. Martin and Marigold. Vital Bio specializes in all kinds of dishes. Oh yes, West Indian dishes, chicken and rice and all that's nice and many other types of seafoods. Oh yes, a well-stock bar awaits you, especially if you need a martini. Vital Bio specializes in all your favorite drinks. 
in top quality for you. Oh yes, Vital Bio, brand new. Yes, I told you so. Lot 107, Resident Lamande, 54 Rue de la Liberté. Vital Bio, the number one restaurant on the French side of St. Martin. Don't you forget to go to Vital Bio, the number one brand new restaurant on the French side of St. Martin. Nubian kings and queens, are you or is someone you know suffering from constant bad hair days because of hair loss or alopecia? Think there's no hope for regrowing your crown and glory? Try Protress, organic hair products made from the finest and most holistic ingredients such as rosemary, nettle, and passion flower. Protress hair products encourages hair growth, prevents hair breakage, and strengthens weak, fragile, or breaking Afro hair. Regenerate and regrow long, thick curls, kinks, and coils with Protress. Visit protresshaircare.co.uk. That's protresshaircare.co.uk to order your monthly supply today. You know, there are many choices when it comes to domain registration, web hosting, and dedicated servers. But I have to tell you about Jocko Hosting. They're simply the best. With their 99.9% uptime guarantee, 24-7 sales and support teams, you'll never have to worry. Get in touch with them today. They offer plenty of other products and services like SSL certificates, managed WordPress, and more. Call or click today, 480-624-2500. Jocko.com. That's J-A-C-H-Q-O dot com. Ten years, ten years. Dominica Convent Alumni of Ontario's 10th year anniversary. Yes, Dominicans and friends of Dominicans, Summer Splash 10 in Toronto is a celebration. And while we do that, let's help replace windows, ceilings, electricity at the Dominica Convent High. And hey, win a trip for two to anywhere in the Caribbean. Enjoy a delicious buffet brunch, top-line entertainment, and so much more. At the Convent High School, some classrooms still don't have windows, ceilings, or electricity. And the prep school, they need help too. Hurricane Maria blasted them. So join the convent alumni and help the children of the convent high and the convent prep. How? Summer Splash 10 in Toronto. When? June the 9th. Where? St. Peter and Paul Banquet Hall Scarborough at Markham Road and the 401. Tickets are going fast. Call 416-297-8709. That's 416-297-8709. Or 416-653-0397. That's 416-653-0397. Stories are part of our culture, part of our heritage. From caught, may say quick, quack, and Tim Tim Boisek to poetry, short stories, novels, memoirs, and non-fiction works. Our stories are woven into the fabric of our identity. Our stories become our history, a record of our experiences, and tell the world who we are as a people. 
our writers give us the opportunity to tell our own stories and to add our flair, personalities, and values. Writers, therefore, hold a special place in our communities. TDNRadio.net has declared the month of May 2019 as Dominican Writers Month. For the entire month of May, we will celebrate writing by Dominican authors. As part of this celebration, on the show This Week in Interview, we will talk with different writers every Wednesday night for the entire month of May. Tune in to the conversations from 8 p.m. every Wednesday night on TDNRadio.net. This Week in Interview, May is Dominican Writers Month. All right, listeners, welcome back. Um, quite a, a little more full there um, from our sponsors, but we're grateful for the people that, um, you know, uh, see if they need to, to, to support us because all, all, the, all the producers and announcers on um, TDN Radio are voluntary, mostly. And so um, any support goes, gets sucked up into, into operating costs. So we appreciate, we appreciate that. Uh, but as I told you before the break, uh, this is week number four in our month of celebrating Dominican writers. And tonight I am super excited that my first guest on, on this week in interview um, Writers Month is Mr. Alec Lazar. Um, Mr. Lazar is a, an accomplished writer, but I, I, I know him in his, in, I, I, I wouldn't say previous life, but maybe in his, in his, form, in his professional role um, working in the Ministry of Finance um, in, in Dominica. Um, as I think he was the financial secretary, but he's going to introduce himself and he will, he will get us um, up to speed on that. Uh, a long-serving gentleman, um, upstanding um, civil servant, gave years of service to Dominica as, as a professional, and even after retirement, he, he, he did a lot of consulting work. Um, one of, definitely, if we say that um, human resource is one of the most important resources of any nation, um, Mr. Lazar is right up there in, in terms of his experience and his professionalism um, uh, in, in that, that we, hopefully, the country is making use of his talent and his vast experience. But this is Dominican Writers Month, and he's, he's published a few books, you know, um, a, a book of poetry. He's published a full-length novel. Um, and he recently did one uh, focusing on the Kalinago people. And that's what, that's what brings him to, to, my, to the mic on TDN Radio tonight and this week in interview. So, Mr. Lazar, I'm going to call you Alec, um, if you don't mind. Um, <laughs> it's a little uncomfortable because I know, full disclosure, I know, I know um, Alec from way back. When I was in, gra in grammar school, he was one of the best friends of my, of my brother. And um, so I, I know he's one of the people that, um, just looking at the way that he carries himself, um, that group of men um, did inspire me to, to, to be a professional as well. So even if he, know, he didn't know that I was looking, he did have an impression on a young boy going to grammar school at the time. So, so it's indeed a pleasure to have you on this weekend interview. Welcome. I want to thank you for inviting me. Yes, certainly. Let's, let's introduce you to the listeners. Tell them who you are, give them a little bit of background. Well, I've spent 
most of my life in Dominica, nearly 85 years of it, except for periods when I went out to study. One year in Trinidad, one year in um, the UK, and other short periods um, doing government's work overseas. Uh, I've worked most of my life in the public service. Um, I took early retirement in, at 55 years, but I was called back for six years. And then I spent about 10 years doing consultancies throughout the um, Caribbean, from Belize in the north to Ghana in the south. So it was quite an exciting time for me, um, trying to assist in bringing innovations into the field of public finance and public administration. That was a very exciting time for me. But um, in between, I was lucky enough to have that urge to keep creating. Mm -hmm. uh, so I kept writing stories um, and poems. Um, and I was very inspired to produce um, after we had the new crop of Caribbean writers coming out in the 60s and 70s, people like Selvon and Naipaul, John Hearn, um, Laming, Middlealza, they really um, brought a new feeling, a new spirit in mm -hmm. Caribbean literature. Right. In the past, we were focusing all on English classics, but um, having a new voice, a new kind of voice, really brought a number of us into attempting to, in a sense, imitate uh, some of what we were seeing. And I, uh, I was particularly uh, influenced by um, Sam Selvan in his writings. Right. Uh, that, uh, that comes out in some of my short stories. So, you know, uh, I wish um, at the time uh, you could see things in a different way to have more originality. But that was the kind of model we had. Mm -hmm. We had to follow that. Um, a lot of people thought it um, kind of incompatible that here I was in the middle of managing uh, the country's public finance, but I was very much involved in writing short stories and poems. They saw it as very incompatible. I don't see it because I those things... Um, they were an opportunity to really express yourself in, in, in a way to bring out some aspects of the environment around you, the country's environment. And in fact, I, I found it a, a kind of therapy to be able to express myself in that way, either in the form of short stories or in the form of poetry. And it helped me a lot. Um, mm -hmm. So that was the beginning of my interest in writing. So let's talk about that early, that early, you know, time when you when you got interested in writing. I I have a similar experience, even if I haven't published anything. Although from an academic and a professional point of view, I was always more science based. Um, I always enjoy reading and writing. My second favorite subject was English literature, and 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 so that that talks about the type of education system that we had. I'm saying hard because I can only talk about when I was there, and I'm not on the ground in Dominica anymore. Um, 
you want to spend a, some time and just talk about any, you know, what would you suggest if you have any suggestions? Um, or do you think that the education system still supports and produces um, the type of individual who, who still would, would find that literary expression a fulfilling? I think today things have changed quite a lot. Um, both the university and the extramural departments and the local um, government, uh, the, the schools, in fact, are paying a lot more attention to things Caribbean. Right. And in a sense, to things local. And we have seen the, the effect of that. <clears throat> in Dominica now, you have an upsurge of new talent, young people wanting to write. There a lot of people are interested in writing poetry. A lot of people are coming out with short stories. And um, it is something that we are trying to encourage. Right now, we have formed a group we call the Whitey Writers Group. Okay. And one of, our, of the objectives is to assist emerging writers to find themselves and to see the potential in the field of literary um, production. Um, we are doing that by bringing them together, um, critiquing their work, and we are developing plans to help them to find areas where they can showcase their work. Uh, one of those areas is we are trying to put together a cooperative bookshop. Okay. Where we can bring together all the works by local Dominicans, but also we are trying to identify and source um, Dominican writers overseas, wherever they are, the UK, Canada, the US. If we can get a directory of where they are, we can bring their works in so that more Dominicans can be exposed to what they are producing. Well, that, that seems to be right along with, with what motivated us, motivated me to, to do this month of appreciation of Dominican writers. And, you know, one of the, one of the early interviews that I had was with Miss Celia Sorrendo. Um, and she handles the the web page for um, Dominica Literary um, Festival. And she says that uh, on that page, she's trying to collect covers of all Dominican writers' work. Um, so I, is, is that somebody that you're collaborating with at the moment? Celia is very much um, involved with the... She was involved with the Nature Island Literary Festival. Right. Mm -hmm. So there... There is information flowing right. from her into what we are doing all the time. Okay, great. She's not a member of our group right. yet. I hope she comes in. <laughs> I know, but you know she's listening because she's been very supportive of this month of, um, of, right, of, of celebrating Dominican writers. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty sure she's listening. So, I was excited uh, about it. When, somebody, when they told me about it and I got the invitation to join, I don't usually... Subject myself to interviews. <laughs> Subject to yourself. I, I should come into this one. <laughs> I, I appreciate uh, it. I appreciate it because uh, uh, you know our our um, our objective is really exactly what you just expressed to to have more exposure, but exposure in a coordinated way, um, and exposure that involves the writers themselves, and and to make it more mainstream that Dominica has all of this talent. 
and, and, and there's something that I talk about with all the guests so far, and, and so it seems like you're well-placed to, to talk about it somewhat, is the, the natural evolution of Dominican writers' work into the curriculum in Dominican schools. What, what's your, where, do you, where do you see that at the moment? What is the status of that? Well, there's not enough of that um, happening. Mm-hmm. I, I know one or two books written by Dominicans have found themselves in the school curriculum, mostly primary schools, and uh, to some extent the secondary schools. Right. But we haven't seen enough of that. Um, I'm not sure why. Um, of course, writers like Lennox Honeychurch would have his books are there. I mean, he, um, it's a value. What he has done for Dominica's history is very valuable, and um, it is. It, I think it, it finds prime place. Uh, in the curriculum of, of, of the schools. But, um, yeah, because when I, went, when I went to school, without cutting, when I went to grammar school, um, I started grammar school in 78. Um, and we did uh, Lennox Honeychurch book, history books came in, I think, in third form. Because we were doing the people who came, one, two, and three. And then Lennox Honeychurch books came and replaced those books, the people who came. Um, but, but in terms of English literature, so I'm not even sure if we still do Lennox, if they're still using Lennox, Lennox's books, but in terms of English literature, we were doing mostly books by Trinidadian writers. Um, I think we did a little bit of, um, of St. Lucia, and there's this guy from St. Lucia. Um, is it Lamin? No, Lamin is Trinidadian. Um, Walcott. Walcott. We did a little bit of that, but we did a lot of Shakespeare, Thomas Hardy, um, and um, the Caribbean books we did was like Talk of the Tamarind, uh, which was poems, and some short stories from Trinidad. Uh, so, so it would be nice to see some of the non-fiction, or some of the fiction work, working its way into the um, English literature curriculum um, in, in the school. Maybe start at the, the CXT level and filter it down um, into the island. So, so you know, it's a challenge for the organization that you belong to and, and the other writers, but that is, that is where I think we need to head um, before work. No, this, this is precisely um, what we are trying to do. It fits within our objectives that we would like to, to get more knowledge about Dominica's writing. Um, this month, at our last meeting, we discussed getting together an anthology of Dominica's Writings right. going back, you know, to people like Jean Rees, Felicia Norfrey, um, 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 Ed Scobie, mm-hmm. and people like that. Bring them all together so that we can have an authoritative representation of Dominica's writing. But we are all, alongside that. We are also trying to get together writings by some of the younger emerging writers. Right. Also have a volume of that. So there'll be, in a sense, two volumes, one of contemporary, contemporary. writing and one of more classical kind of writing. I, I like that idea because what it does, it, it creates a formality around the work, you know, that, that, that is necessary. And I think in Dominica, we don't pay enough of attention to that aspect of our, our culture and our heritage. 
You know, even like I, I, I translate it even into like Dominican cuisine. We have good food in Dominica, but we don't have a defined, um, you know, well-recorded and established Dominican cuisine that, you know, the same way that maybe Trinidad has or Jamaica has and maybe Barbados to some extent. So on the literary scene, um, I'm not much of a cook, but on the literary scene, I think we can, <laughs> we can have that as an objective, I think. Well, our cuisine is there. It's just not promoted. Exactly. It's not formally, you come, yeah. You know where to find it, it's there. Right, but, but that's it. If you know where to find it. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, just like our work, our, our literary works are there. If you know where to find it, you know? Find yeah. Next. And um, this is what the bookshop, the cooperative bookshop will do. Right. Bring together all the writings in a place. It will be a home, in a sense. Right. Dominica's writers wherever they are. And I hope um, some of your listeners overseas who may be writers or who know of writers will help us to bring them together because there's very little knowledge of what people are doing overseas. Um, after people like Raglan Revere died and so on, you lost touch with what was happening on the literary scene in the diaspora. Right. I'll use that word. It's so abused. But anyway. <laughs> um, so that, yeah. it's an opportunity for us to bring all of this to the attention of our people, the attention of our educational um, or educationists, to the schools, to the colleges, and so on. Uh, I hope we can get this off very quickly. Yeah, and, and TDN Radio, you know, we stand by uh, ready to, um, to provide the media as much as we can to promote it. Um, because as part of our development, no country develops without the development of the arts. Um, so let's talk about your work. Let's, what, what was the first work that you published? Well, the first um, piece of work I did was a volume of short stories, um, ca called Caribbean Other Stories. Mm -hmm. That came out in 1996, but these stories were written over a period of time. From the time when I was a member of the Obini Literary Club, we were publishing a magazine. Okay. So stories were published in the magazine. And um, they were written, um, it's a departure from what we used to do before, copying Dickens and Thackeray and that was kind of writing. Right, okay. And uh, um, being influenced more by what was happening in the Caribbean. Right and the kind of expressions that we were seeing coming from the new Caribbean writers. So that was the first um, volume that I... What's the name of that one? Hold it up so people can see. Karim and Other Stories. Hold it up to the camera so, so they can see. Oh, yeah. It's, um, I don't know if you can see. Yeah. It was done yeah. here. Yeah. This one was done right here in Dominica. Okay. It was um, printed by the Chronicle. By the Chronicle. Okay. Sure. And copies are still available. All right. Now, um, just, just take us through the progression of your work. Mm -hmm. The other, <clears throat> having gone through that kind of experience, um, being, as it were, coming out of my, uh, my, my readings of the New Caribbean writers, I began to come across a lot of information on the runaway slaves. Okay. And, there. and that mm -hmm. kind of stirred some interest in my mind, you see, because 
Um, I, I got some information from um, other Poozmans before he died. I got some from notes prepared by Loftus Roberts. And I got a lot of other stuff. Um, this is the end from texts written by various people. Um, but what I was reading contrasted very much to what I had been seeing in official, rec in official um, history, history by Thomas Atwood, for instance. Mm -hmm. uh, the vision that you had of the runaway slaves was completely different to what um, the, I was finding in reading some notes that I found. Um, one, for instance, um, there's a, a, an Anglican parson, Reverend Peters, mm -hmm. in the 1700s, wrote two tracts that, that were very sympathetic to the slaves. And in fact, it kind of brought a new perspective on what their existence was like. And I asked myself, but wait a minute, if we have to depend on official history, we'll have a very um, twisted version of what the experience of these runaways were. Right. I began to change my perspective, began to look at things from the point of view of the runaways themselves. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, let me see if I can structure something that would bring out that new vision of what they were. Because after all, you know, um, the, the official history painted them like vagabonds. They were right. We have that thing called Negmao. Negmao was a derogatory term. Yeah. They were thieves. They mm. were killers. You know, mm. ruthless right. killers. Mm -hmm. They didn't see them as men who, um, who fought for their own independence as dignified human beings. Right. They didn't see them in that light at all. And I began to to work towards picking up as much information as I could. And um, I dropped, I spent about five years picking up little bits and pieces, putting them together in notes. And then I decided to use those notes to write a novel. And I wrote um, Farsel. Farsel, yeah. Farsel is, in fact, <clears throat> fiction, mm -hmm. but it is based on history. On right. Authentic history, so, but history from the perspective of the slaves themselves. Very important work. Yeah, I began to look at their condition, not from the planters' point of view, not from the officials' point of view, but from the point of view of the runaways themselves. Right. And I thought that was very important to do. Um, it came out pretty well. Mm -hmm. When I first bought out the book, it sold very well. People were very pleased with it. I got very good responses. Um, it has very good review. I, I wrote, I read uh, um, some of the re a review on Amazon. Very detailed and very, um, you know, admiring um, review. Is that is that the book you plan to read? You're going to read a passage from? I will <clears throat> read a bit from it. When okay. it came out, mm -hmm. and when it first came out, it was extensively reviewed by the Jamaica Observer. I was very pleased with that. Okay, yeah, right. 
Dummy Club Zulu. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, uh, I didn't have an outlet in Jamaica, so I couldn't have profited by that. Right. But the coverage was ex- extremely well done. That's good. Yeah. Um, the other, the other book, <clears throat> I did following the same, the same um, impetus. Mm-hmm. I found that. Um, the history that we were being fed on the Caribs, we call them Caribs, uh, showed them as, again, in a very poor light. They were branded as cannibals and all kinds of things. And that, that, that came out of the greed of the early adventurers in these islands. Right. Because when the first colonizers came out, they were particularly instructed by the king of Spain, the queen of Spain, not to dispossess the, the natives that they found, and not to brutalize the natives that they found, mm-hmm. but to convert them as much as possible to Catholicism. That was the objective of the, that was the wishes of, these were the wishes of the king and queen of, of Spain. Right. But the adventurers were not out for that. They didn't come out to convert anybody. <laughs> they came for gold. <laughs> yep. For gold. They were right. For mm-hmm. And they brought out this story that um, the, the, the natives that they found were man-eaters. And that gave them justification to get rid of them as and much as possible. To brutalize them, yes. Brutalize mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Um, so part of what I've done in this book is to revise that kind of history mm-hmm. show them not in the light that they were being painted but as a very civilized very gentle group of people who fought for them for for their own rights but in themselves they were very hospitable in fact the early visitors to eat all, all these islands were welcomed by the um, various tribes the Kalinago, the Teno, the Sibuni, all of them. Um, so I've tried to build a novel around the Kalinago, showing them as a different kind of, of, of people. In a different light. Okay. A different light. Definitely. Um, as far as Farsel is concerned, um, it's, it has brought together most of the runaway chiefs like Bala, Kongori, Cory Gregg, Jaco, um, Jaco, and Farsel himself. Farsel was a very young chief. He was different in the sense that he was very clever. That's why I made him um, the hero of that story. Okay. Um, a character like Bala, for instance, was a warrior. He was brutal. Mm-hmm. But Farsel had some cunning, and he was able to use diplomacy with the British to get what he wanted. But in the end, um, since he, they couldn't use him in the way that they wanted, uh, they sought to destroy him. But he still found his way out. Right. He was able to escape their vengeance. Um, I'm not sure if I can give you very much in detail. I, what I can do is to just read a, a bit of it to give you a sense of what um, this story is about. Yeah, go ahead. Sure. Uh, 
So I've taken a bit from Parcel, where he and another young slave, both escapees, found themselves in the camp of one of the wisest chiefs, Corey Gregg. Okay. And um, here are they under the forest trees, sitting together and exchange, exchanging notes of their own personal experiences. They were young, um, almost uh, the lawfans, waifs. So they clung together um, as, as young people. Uh, they were both strays who had come to the camp without purpose. From the beginning, they clung together in innocent companionship, wanting no more than to hide in safety. It was evening. The sun had fallen behind the hills. The shadows crept slowly up the forested incline past the ravine. In the cool graying light, he and Betty sat under a giant gourmet tree. I ran away because of a little white girl, Marcel said. She regarded him curiously. I saw her naked, he explained. Did you touch her? No, I merely saw. Is that all? Yes. Betty giggled. What happened then, she asked, a smile of amusement on her face. He showed her his back with the gray scars still peeling around the edges. She let her fingers run down one of them, a soft, tender touch. You got that only for seeing? She asked. Her eyes turned to him doubtfully. Well, the little girl touched me, he said, smiling with a downward glance. She giggled again uncontrollably. Then why did you run? The mistress touched me too. I was afraid this time they would hang me. She touched you there? Yes. She cast her eyes down shyly. The white lady did it to you? She asked wonderingly. He nodded, smiling. She frowned, looking downcast. And you let her? He shrugged. She lowered her eyes, a bemused expression on her face. They remained in silence as if they had come to the end of their thoughts. Why did you run? He asked her after several moments. There was a startled look on her face. Then she turned away from him. They did it to me too, she said softly. They? Yes, the overseer and all his friends. She passed, she paused briefly and then lifted her eyes to him day after day, night after night. He stiffened all over. He saw the pain in her eyes. His jaw clenched with a sudden rage. After a while, his anger cooled and he reached out to touch her hand. She drew it from him quickly, rose and walked away. He remained sitting on the dampening ground, still shaken by her revelation and the dark and the mosquitoes 
drove him to the shelter of his little hut. Wow, that is, that's so vivid and so poignant, you know. Um, that's very good writing. I mean, <laughs> you don't need me to tell you that because you got the reviews that you, that you, you know, have gotten. But very impressive, um, Alec. And you said you, that book came out in, in what year, 19? What year did it come out? It came out in uh, 2006. 2006. And listeners, that book is available on Amazon.com. As a matter of fact, all of Alec's work is available on Amazon.com. Just go to Amazon.com and look for Alec Lazar, um, and you will find his work. Um, there, I, I, you know, I encourage you to, to become familiar with the writings of our people, but not only become familiar with it, but support them by purchasing the work. You just, you just heard the quality of writing. Take us right back into the, into the history and into the times of our forebears. Um, so, so buy the work. I always encourage you, give it out as gifts to your, to, your, to, your, to your children, your grandchildren. Take it with you when you go on vacation. It, it's very good summer reading. Um, take it with you to work. After you have had your lunch, sit down and read a chapter at a time. We have to consume what we produce, and that will encourage and, and you know, engender a really... Um, a population or community that appreciates that, 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 that part of it. So, Alec, very, very well done. Um, you know, let me say thank you on behalf of our people for, for documenting it in such a way. Even if it's fiction, we all recognize the, um, the, the reality that it represents. Thank you. <laughs> you know, uh, I, you have any work? When you, I asked you before, you said that you didn't have anything that you're currently working on, but you have quite a body of work out there. What I realize is that you, you, you write across the genres. You know, you write poems, you write short stories, you write novels. What, tell us about your writing process and what inspires you. Um, you know, you spoke a little bit about how you came across, you know, to write the various stories, but let's go into that a little bit as we approach the, um, the last few minutes of our time together. Well, what I enjoy most, um, and that comes out with the last, with the two novels that I've done, mm -hmm. is to actually go out and do research, pick up a lot of information, and give it my own interpretation. Right. And use it as material for what is essentially creative writing. Right. For instance, in writing, in writing Fasel, I had to right over a span of a hundred years, the runaway slaves actually held out in the middle of the forest for about a hundred years. Wow. Um, and there were several of the chiefs um, spanning that whole period of time. Now, in writing about that kind of history, um, you have to, when you have to do it in the form of a novel, mm -hmm. you have to find a way. The characters are so important, so interesting. Unless you, you want to write a, a huge, um, um, voluminous uh, book, you've got to find a way to bring all of these characters together. Um, 
even if in reality some of them may not have known each other or spoken to each other, but you want you can't lose them. You want to bring them in. Right. And so I, I had to take some liberties with time. Right. Probably even place. Um, have certain events coinciding at one spot where, in fact, historically they may not have. Right. But um, you, you, can't, you can't apologize too much for that. <laughs> when you write a novel like that, you have to make it interesting. You have to make it coherent. Uh, so you take liberties um, with some of the actual historical data. So in a sense, um, Bala may not have known Farsel, but they had to meet somehow uh, because their characters are so different and it makes good plotting to bring them together, make them interact. Right. Um, so that was one of the things that I had to be playing around with. Uh, and um, the without without um, taking any liberties with actual historical facts, mm -hmm. um, you have to bring out the events themselves in a credible way. I think what I did was to, although they, I compressed a lot of, of the material, but the actual events themselves were authentic. Yeah. They were realistic. So, they, they actually happened. The characters happened, the, the, the court cases. I, I got trans transcripts of court cases. I was able to go through that and portray the actual happenings in the court with people like Balan and, and Jaco, uh, chiefs like that. Um, so these are some of the um, things. But the, the important thing is to get your facts in order. Get right, because it, because even if it's fiction, even if it's fiction, you want it to be a reasonably good representation of of the actual history. Right. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be a, it it wouldn't stand against the Church's history. <laughs> Two different types of writing, anyway. <laughs> Definitely. Do you but have? Intended to both entertain and to inform. Do you have a poem, a short a, a short poem, or anything that you can read by chance quickly or not? I I have um. I wrote this one. Mm -hmm. because, I put up this one. Um, yeah, Nature Island Versus. Uh, I have to apologize to my to my second guest because we are keeping her waiting a little bit, but this is so interesting. I think she'll understand. And no. listeners, listeners, we're going to go a little bit longer tonight, so so bear with us. I think this is pretty interesting. Actually, stuff I wrote this one mm -hmm. looking from my home down at the Old Rosa Boys School mm -hmm. in Savannah. This is where I went to school. And um, we have some fond memories of what happened. Um, so I, I wrote uh, a poem about the old school. Let me just uh, read a short part for you. Outside its doors, in the vast ca casino of life, the wit of chance smiles upon the bold and the subtle. Many stars there were that shone brightly, fleetly, and like streaking comets, 
consummated their finale in brief, blazing glory. The constellation of those who rose, dwindled with every passing day. But all it seems, the ascendant and the fallen, drawn for a purpose. Where are they now that left its walls with tabula rasa to, to, to start anew, to write new songs and, and psalms, intone new mantras in the vast diaspora where the luminaries shine and the hopeless multitude despair? I think uh, this is just part of it. That's yeah. a small part of it. That's very good, you know. So, so you know, um, with with the amount of work that you've done, and uh, and even with that, where you talk about you able to collapse a hundred years of of research into into one book, that certainly certainly there's there's only so much treatment we can do with it in in, in within an hour. So I I I want to say thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time. To, to come and introduce yourself to, to my audience. I'm getting a lot of feedback. You know, people are, are enjoying it. Um, as I said before, going forward, I'm going to do one literary um, episode every month. So this weekend interview happens every Wednesday. So I'm, I'm certainly going to invite you back for one of those full hour um, periods. And, and I hope I hope you, you will come. <laughs> um, but I look forward to that. And I, I want to say thank you so much. Um, before I let you give your final word, let me remind listeners that they can find your work on Amazon.com. And if there are other places, you will tell them where. Just search for Alec Lazar on, on Amazon.com. You, you, you got a little taste of the quality of writing listeners. So support our writers, support them. Um, we 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 certainly appreciate appreciate what you're doing in in keeping the literary art form alive and vibrant in Dominica. Okay, thank you very much. I, I must say, what you are doing um, has already come to the attention of the Whitey Kubuti Writers Group. People are excited about it, and many people are looking forward at some time to be on your show. One or two of them have already come in. Right, um, and I think you have one or two more to showcase. So it's an important thing that you are doing, and it fits in very well with what we are trying to do right here in Dominica. And thank you very much. Thank you very much, Alec. And um, I wish you continued um, good speed. As I told you before, you look almost the same as when I used to come by <laughs> and spend time by the house. So it was it, it, on that level. It's extremely um, pleasant connecting with you again. Um, and let's stay in touch. Let's see if we can we can pursue this common goal together. Oh, absolutely. Okay. All Thank right. You. Good night. All right. Thanks. Bye. All right. Bye. 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 So, listeners, there you had it. My first guest on this week in interview um, tonight. You know, Mr. Ali Klaza. I want to. I, I, I before I even bring her on, I want to apologize to um, my next guest. You know, uh, because I kept her waiting a little bit, but I think she understands. Um, my Sharon Dorival, you you will can find also she's very prolific, very accomplished writer um, on Amazon.com as well. 
So I'm going to take a quick musical break, and when we come back, I'm going to be joined with uh, by Miss um, Sharon Dorival, and we're going to. It's just started. This is just half of it. I'm so excited about this month um, of, of speaking with um, writers who who are honing their craft and sharing their their ideas with us. So let's listen to the Signal Band, Made in Dominica, very appropriate, I would say, and um, I'll be right back. Culture, part of our heritage, from cot, messy quick, quack, and tim tim, boisek, to poetry, short stories, novels, memoirs, and non fiction works. Our stories are woven into the fabric of our identity. Our stories become our history, a record of our experiences, and tell the world who we are as a people. Our writers give us the opportunity to tell our own stories and to add our flair, personalities, and values. Writers, therefore, hold a special place in our communities. TDNRadio.net has declared the month of May 2019 as Dominican Writers Month. For the entire month of May, we will celebrate writing by Dominican authors. As part of this celebration, on the show This Week in Interview, we will talk with different writers every Wednesday night for the entire month of May. Tune in to the conversations from 8 p.m. every Wednesday night on TDNRadio.net. This week in interview, May is Dominican Writers Month. Uh, welcome back, listeners. Um, those of you who joined us late, this is This Week in Interview. Um, on the month of May, week number four, on tdnradio.net, we are celebrating Dominican writers. Uh, and, and we did, week one was great, week two was excellent, week three was tremendous, and week four is turning out to be a wonderful time as well. So this is the second half. Um, my guest in this segment is Ms. Sharon Darvel. 
I, 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 when I was introduced to her, I went on Amazon.com to look for her work, and it was just scrolling work after work after. She's as prolific as any one of the West Indian cricketers, Viv Richards or Brian Lara or whoever is the um, latest prolific batsman on the West Indies team. She seemed like she has a, she's very good at, at, at what she does and, and all these ideas in her head, and she just puts them out and shares them with the world. So join me in giving a very warm welcome to Miss Sharon Dariver. Sharon, welcome to this week in interview. I'm delighted that you were able to join us. Thank you for having me, Anthony. Sure, it's a pleasure. And as I said, um, normally I wanted to have you on like 20 minutes ago, but I hope um, you don't mind. And I, and I appreciate you for, for making yourself available and for waiting. Uh, so let me let you introduce yourself to, to the audience, um, who you are, what you do, and so on. First and foremost, my name is Sharon Dariva, and I was born in Dominica. That is the Commonwealth of Dominica. I was born, I was raised in Corley Hall. Mm-hmm. And I, from 1980 to 99, I left Dominica, and I'm here in Canada, Western Canada to be exact. I'm a healthcare aide by trade, and writing is my hobby. Yep. I have three beautiful children, yep. and married to my husband, who is encouraging me to um, follow my crazy writing dream. <laughs> you want to say that? Your crazy writing dream, you say that. We're going to learn all about your crazy writing dream tonight. Um, so you live in Canada, you said? Yes, I do. And you work in the healthcare field? Yes. Right. But when I look at your writing, you have children's work, you have some work that's health-related, you have motivational, inspirational work. Um, so tell me about your writing process. What really inspires you to, to want to write and to share your, your work with, with the world? Um, formally, I write for therapy. I've been for a lot, you know, growing up in Dominica. And I write for therapy also to inspire and to shock others. I definitely want to motivate the younger ones because I spend a lot of time with younger people. Mm-hmm. And my main focus is to get them involved in the arts so they're not doing all negative stuff. I want to hear their input on stories. I was I was used to having skits, having Derek Wellcott and all these people on radio listen. I love that. And I want to see more Dominicans in focus in the in hopefully on the international wave. Um, I write most for my children also for schools right now, like my last book, Longer Joe Takes on the Bully, is actually being used as a behavior modification program in the in Dominica. The school where I raised a Collier Primary School, thanks to Miss Catherine George. I like I like to hear that. You say that your book, the one of the book that you just wrote you just one of the works you just produced called Longer Takes on a Bully. Longer Joe. Um, is being used in Dominica right now in a behavior modification program. Yes. Let's talk about that so much. We'll go into a little bit of detail, give the audience a feel for what that, what's in that um, book. Is it, is it short stories? Is it, what is it? It is a, it's just one short story. Well, actually, the book the se- is a series. Mm-hmm. And I focus on this. The main character is this tall guy. A long, <laughs> a long galley. 
That's what they used to call me when I was growing up. <laughs> he was a very athletic guy, and he has a very big heart. Mm-hmm. He helps all the kids. You know, when he was coming out from, you know, back in the days, we had to, our chores at school, we had to actually clean up the boards, clean the desk, sweep the floor. Certain everybody was designated one day at the t- one day of the week. We have to do that. Mm-hmm. So on this specific day, longer Joe, it was long the stone to clean the chalkboard and wash the desk and the floors. Well, on coming out of that school, he see there's a whole round of um, people, little children, surrounding curving. Who is the other guy in this um, story? Mm-hmm. And long, and this guy Chupier is holding him by the collar. You know, in growing up in Dominica. Fights are real, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like Kirby complained, he went and tell Mr. McPherson what happened. That um, Chupier is the one that punctured his tire. So Chupier wasn't having; he was gonna give him a pounding. <laughs> <laughs> and here comes the savior, the savior, Mr. Longerjo. No longer didn't end up taking the fight for little Kirby because Kirby was way younger than Chupier. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's where um, Longerjo come in into that fight. The other book was Longer Joe, You Bring on the Monkey in Me. And this was the first one which gave a little uh, introduction to life in Colio as it is. You know, as one reader told me, it's like, whoa, real Caribbean drama. Like, you know, when you read it, you can see how it is to live in the Caribbean. And that's, these two books have sold really well. And Longer Joe is available at Jay's Bookstore. Okay. And a lot of online stores. So your books are available. Some of your books are available in Dominica in the bookstore. Yeah, at Jay's bookstore. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Jay's. <laughs> yeah, Jay's books have been around, and he supports a lot of a lot of um, social um, civic programs for sure. Yes. In this book, also, I have also um, put some pictures of Dominica and questions that will um, engage the readers especially the young um, primary schoolers. I also invite them in uh, question number one to write their own story of this book, their own version, mm-hmm. so I can um, hear more of what, because it's been 20 years since I've gone. So I want to know from my point of view and theirs what is really happening right now, how they think, what's their perspective now of life in Dominica. So when they write their version of this book, I want to buy it also. And read their version. How they how is uh, do they still fight? Are they still bullies on there? How are the principals dealing with that? I know Miss George is taking a stance on it, and she has adapted and made a behavior modification program. So I want to see more. I want to hear what they have done, and hopefully she's listening and she will um, share some of the stories with with me, so I can share with the schools here in Canada because they are really interested in, in black work. I've shared some of gift us with the library and somewhat and as I'm learning more offers for your program, Anthony, I'm gonna be buying more and sharing with the school so they will know more about our history. That's awesome. No, you know, last week I, I, I was talking to Giftus and um and Afflin and I'm telling them, you know, what what is it about the west coast of Dominica that all this writing and artwork is coming and here you coming up this week. You from Colio, right in between, you know, I'll go further down. So we had St. Joe, we had Kulibi Street, now we're in Colio. Um, something about the west coast of Dominica. But no, no, this is a really good accomplishment 
to have your work actually being used uh, in real with the kids and, and, and you have it fashioned in such a way that it's interactive, that they can come back to you and, 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 and inform you of what's contemporary. I, I, I like that back and forth and that interaction. And, and of course, if you, you're listening to the other interviews that I've done, and I'm saying that one of the objectives that we have is to see how we can get Dominican work in the schools. Um, yes. so, so it's familiar. So, so good job. You, you're ahead of us on that path. We want to learn from you on that. The teachers actually here in Camrose, Mm-hmm. Uh, I, have, I did put the DBS radio website on there. So sometimes for social studies, they went, when they do international studies, they were focusing on Dominica, and they went and actually listened to Dominic, to DBS radio. So they were hearing our dialect and how we speak. And the kids were just amused. I'm like, actually, some teachers went to Dominica last summer, and there's more coming to visit so they can get a full taste. Oh, really? But unfortunately, though, some of them misunderstood that there's a difference between Dominican Republic and Dominica. So some, one teacher went and got married. She was hoping to get married in Dominica, our Dominica, and she went and got married in Dominican Republic. And so she was so disappointed. She, she needs to go oh, and get married. I didn't see her. She needs to go and get married again. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she didn't see Rosa. She was looking on the map. She didn't see Collier. I said, well, you went in the wrong country. So, oh, wow. Imagine that, yeah. you know. In two, it, 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 it says a lot, of, you know, of, of how much we promote our country when in 2019 yes. we still have people making that, that error of going to the Dominican Republic. So, so that's your writing with kids. So listeners, if you go on This Week in Interview, I mean on, on Amazon.com, you will see a lot of Sharon's work on there. You will see the series that she has um, with, that, with a star, Longer. Longer, what is his name? Longer Joe. Longer Joe. That sounds like me. <laughs> when I was growing up, I was, I was always tall and skinny. They used to call me Long Joe. <laughs> Maybe that's you. Okay. But the you know, he's here, he's, he has braided yeah, like Snoop. So I try to bring a little more black culture into my artwork. Yeah, and not only that, Longer Joe, Longer Joe could go stand up to a bully. I was always too skinny to go stand up to any bully. <laughs> But 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 that's that's good. So let's talk about the other the other types of work that you do. You um you talk about uh, the work that you do in your related to your work in the health field. You want to talk about that some? Well, I have um, written the last one, Monkey Mind Madness, mm-hmm. and I work with a lot of um, people affected by Alzheimer's disease. In Dominica, we say the senile or right. the crazy. So mm-hmm. I wrote this book. To actually introduce what Alzheimer's is all about, what we as healthcare is have to deal with, how the community can participate. It's more like an education for all. Anybody can read this book, and I have tied it with my history of Dominica. I, I went back and forth in this series from Dominica to Canada, so they can see how we deal with it in Dominica, how we deal with it in Canada. And if you wouldn't mind, I could read a part of this like a story there. Sure, you want um, you, you can do that now if you want. Yeah, this one I've sold quite a bit, mm-hmm. and I will read about Uncle God. Meet Uncle God. We came around the guardrails leading to the road that would take us to the community old age home. 
That's Uncle God's new home. It was Independence Day in Dominica, and my nieces and nephews were having a concert at the back of the open-backed van. Competition was tight. The children barely knew Uncle God. I hadn't seen him since the year 2000, and I was looking forward to our visit. Since my last auntie passed away in 1997, my mother had been taking care of him like it was a duty, cooking, cleaning, and washing his clothes. And now that a young man from the village of Fokani had stabbed him up, he was unable to walk well or do the thing he loved most, gardening. Uncle God had lived in a room in the family house when I was young. Mom used to sit in the middle of a circle while our family of 13 listened to her tales of Uncle God as a young boy. She never said it out loud, but I always thought he was her favorite brother, her hero to some extent. Uncle God had been an all-around sports star, good-looking and popular. He joined the army in 1962, the very year my mother was born. He was 18 years old when he was drafted to Germany. He returned with scars deeper than anyone could see my mother said, and that's when Uncle God took to drinking. By the time he had made it to the old age home, he had been an alcoholic for decades. Except for meals, he stayed shut up in his room, not even joining the family for church service. Uncle God had some good old days, though. He volunteered at the village council doing yard work for people. He loved mom's cooking and never hesitated to let her know how delectable her scrumptious dishes were as he chowed down. One day, he brought me a blue pair of light-up sneakers. His gray eyes shone down at me. They sparkled. This was one of his finest moments. He enjoyed making people smile, and I was smiling from ear to ear. The sneakers were brand new. In fact, it still had the tag on it. I never owned a brand new pair of shoes before. I felt a real connection to Uncle God. Thank you, Uncle. Papa God will bless you. Look how they light up, Uncle. Can I try them on? Your eyes are laughing, Uncle God. That means yes, right? Uncle never said a word as I tried on my new sneakers, stepping around proudly, then holding his hands and leading him in a funny hoop and skip dance around the house. I will skip some pages and go down. And they said um, that was when Uncle, he had got away from the old folks' home. Mm-hmm. And I, I used to go to him and he had rejected me. So there was some rejection in there. And I said, oh, well, we tried. I said in a mournful voice, Uncle God didn't want our companionship. Everyone present was looking at us. What an embarrassment. I am definitely not coming back for more. The children and I hurried our feet to the van and headed home where mom was waiting for us with freshly cooked Creole dishes. Two days later, I was presented with an envelope full of paperwork that needed to be signed to become Uncle God's legal representative in place of mom. I would have to go back to the community old age home. More embarrassment. Would Uncle God visit me this time? I dropped off the papers and scurried away. I was halfway down the pathway when I heard someone whistling. I looked up. 
and our eyes met again for the first time in donkey years. All right, I will go back and visit him just for a short while. I spoke to myself. A nurse led me to his room. Who are you? He demanded. Sharon, I replied. Opa's daughter. Do you remember we used to hop and skip around the house and you renamed me Baby Blue? I showed him some pictures of my children, but Uncle God didn't give a hoot. Nice of you to come visit your poor old broken down uncle, but you don't have to do that. In fact, leave now. Don't come back here at all. He was harsh. I almost ran all the way home to mom with tears in my eyes. Oh well, I tried my, my best. Dap with him then. I gave it my best shot. I am never going back to this place. In fact, next week I am heading to Roso to book my flight out of this village. I am never coming back. And the story continues. <laughs> yeah, this, this, the, the struggle with our folks when they when they start to have Alzheimer's is, is real. Um, it's as tough on the, on the patients as it is on the people around them who yeah. feel rejected, who feel they should know them and that sort of thing. I, um, I had my guests on two, week, two Wednesdays ago, Catherine Dorsett. Did you, did, you hear that, did you hear that interview? She has, no, she I ha- missed this one. She has a book that she wrote um, called um, Will You Remember Me Tomorrow? And, it, and it's about um, it, it's about Alzheimer's as well and um, she and I made the promise that we were going to do something for October because I mm-hmm. think she says that um, that is um, seniors month or something like that and so there is a week that's devoted to Alzheimer's so, so probably if you when I get the details you might join us um, to okay. do something special for that for that period. Uh, okay, so what else? What other work do you have? Um, you you do some inspirational and motivational work as well. From what yes. I saw, mm-hmm. you want, let's let's go into that. I have some poetry, and this one is close to Catherine Dawson, and it is titled "What Will We Remember?" And this one is a collection of poems commemorated to those. Um, affected by Alzheimer's for mm-hmm. their health care, uh, the people taking care of them. And this book will take you either for a different timeline or it can take you to the future also. Depends on what, on how you read the poems. And I'll read one just to um, show you. And this one is titled, We Sat by the Sea. Um, back then, when I was young, I used to sit with my grandmother by the bay. And she always had these colorful um, Creole dresses, but she never told me much about my history. I was wa- I was wondered why she would talk patois, and but she never told me exactly where she's from. So we sat by the sea, by the bay. We sat by the sea at the close of, of the day, watching the children play. We sat by the sea, by the bay. We sat by the sea, by the doorway of the sky, watching the vulture fly. We sat by the sea, my darling, listening to the hissing, to the whispering of the sea, listening to the waves tales of the snatching into hell, over a hundred million blacks lining the track out of Africa. 
We sat by the sea, waiting for the day the ship will carry us back to our ancestors. Sat and wait for the date. It was not for us to calculate. We lived on the affinity with the bones that line the track all the way to Africa. Yes, we remembered the saddened packed ships, the brutality of the whips sitting in our sheet, and the sharks eating human flesh dumped overboard. Cheap human cargo straight to Africa, America. We sat by the sea, by the bay. We sat by the sea at the close of the day, watching the children play. No matter the sharks in the water looking out for blood, no matter the vulture's eyes on its head looking out for dead meat, there are other dead who live free at the bottom of the sea, over 100 million blacks lining the track, stealing us away from Africa. We sat by the sea, by the bay. We sat by the sea, my darling, at the doorway of the sky, letting our spirits fly. Wow. So, so you imagine that's what your grandmother was sitting at the bay, looking out. But she wouldn't tell me made a history. So I try to go into her mind and see what she's thinking as I see the waves and I see the ships. So that's 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 awesome. So so what is your latest work that you that you that you either just released or you're working on? That that you just released. Let's talk about what your latest work. The latest work I just released that was actually this year, 2019, mm-hmm. with X3. It's called Tricks on the Mind. And I know there's a lot of um, young people, we have dreams. Sometimes we don't get to touch them. And this series, it's to encourage them to dream. I'll read the back. As it said, have you had a dream lately? Traditionally, dreams served as a platform that connected us with our loved ones. If we understood what our dreams meant, we had the power to respond to the messages we received in them. It was important to take note of what was going on in the dream. The meaning of the dream lied in the actions of the dreamer and any other characters. Or a dream's nothing more than figments of our imagination and should they be discarded as such. We would like to hear your interpretation of this dream in this book. Please read on and leave a comment, and this is, you can leave it on the Amazon site. And as I say, Martha's Dream is a collection of dreams shared by a young woman from Hope. Her grandma was the dream expert in the village, and now that she has passed, who is going to explain these dreams to Martha? Martha dreams funny dreams, weird dreams, scary dreams, risky dreams, dramatic dreams, life-changing dreams, and even lucid dreams. Are they just reality being relieved, or... Are there secret codes to her inner being or warnings for the future? Please read on to find out. Good. And as you know, Anthony, back, back then, we always go to our grandparents. Mom, I dreamed this. What does it mean? Right. So that's where this series means. Dreams. Uh, and that's, that's great. Now, also, when we started, when we started the, um, our conversation, you said... In pursuit of my crazy writing dream, <laughs> so let, I want you to I want you to talk some about your your vision as a writer. You know your your goal when you seek to write, 
what, what exactly are you, what, what is that dream that, that you're trying to fulfill? Like sometimes in my mind, like sometimes what I see in my brain, I try to put it on paper. Then I have a task now to allow the publisher to see what I'm trying to reveal and to get this exactly as I see it in my brain. So that's a challenge. That's why I say sometimes they will say, okay, I'm not the way I'm thinking. Like, why is she thinking like this? You know, why is she writing like that? Like, um, actually, some people in England, when they read my very first e-books, they say, ooh, they're very dark. But as I said before, I write for therapy. And I had to go through that darkness before I could write enlightening um, projects, like Tricks in the Mind, like what we remember. It had to start somewhere. And that's why I encourage young people, don't matter if your work is, is dark, even though they say, whoa, this is devilish, or what, write it. Because as soon as you write more and more, I become clearer in my mind. You know, and that's why I say my crazy writing dream. Because sometimes my husband say like, "No, don't share this one. Like it's, it's too much." <laughs> you know, but I have to share it so people can relate. Because there's some. I'm pretty sure that people will think like me if I don't share it. How will they know it's okay to write such literature? It's okay to share such literature. So you, even if you say you write for therapy, you always, uh, almost always, write with the intention of sharing your writing. Yes. And I have actually shared a lot on Facebook and other social medias as they open up. I used to be on Tag and I always sharing. If you go on my Facebook uh, page, Switch Shabin, there's a lot there. So, so. And I also I want to share, but I want people to write. So, don't you have, I mean, isn't that like a really, a really vulnerable place when you write? from so deep within, but always share it in the public? How do you deal with that um, exposure, so to speak? You know, it is deep. And yes, I, I'm vulnerable sometimes. Because like the critics, they're going to say, oh, why are you write this? Like, you know, we don't do that. Like, especially older people, they say, you don't talk like that. You can tell them you've been through that. But yeah, I have to write it to get it out, or it's going to be toxic. And I believe it's when we keep all these toxic forks in our head, that what causes cancer. That what make us ill. But as I write it, it's gone. Like I would um, sometimes perfect it, sometimes I leave it as is. And I find it's like you um, eliminating the toxins from deep within my soul. And, and I really appreciate the critics. Sometimes I cannot deal with them because when they, are, like one lady had said, you know, are you, like I... Are you going to really put this out there? You know, you should delete that. Don't let people, don't people to know that because they can use it. As I say, they can use your laundry. You the laundry. Don't put it out in public. And that's why I've, I've learned to publish them and put them on to like their copyrighted and they're in there. So if you want to really see my deep thoughts, you will have to go into the books. And I also write that. So other people who need therapy, who don't have the help, they don't have people to talk to, they come on there and they can say, oh, I've been through that. I felt that. You know, yes, my mom did that to me. Oh, yeah. Like, the new book I'm writing, it's very real. And this lady has been abused so bad. I won't name. And it's, it's what we can all relate to from Dominica, rape, and all that um, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse. It is good. Because although she and I are writing, she's healing. It's coming slow. As she writes, as I edit, as I write with her, 
she's healing, she's praying, and it's both of us are healing. So I think, yes, we might be vulnerable in that people know our past, but it's enlightening and it is opening a new gateway for psychology, for the psychiatrists, for a total deep healing of our society. All right. So because your work is so personal and, and it, I get the feeling that it comes from deep within, uh, do you then have a hard time um, when people maybe give you a not the best, um, we say, critique or, or reception of your work? Do you, do you have a hard time in that? Especially like in the writing process. Sometimes um, folks have a hard time taking advice or criticism is that is that how do, how do you deal with that in your writing at first i was i took it really hard and then if they critic it i would deal it or i wouldn't answer or i would just like stay away from writing for a couple of weeks but now that i realized like i've become more open i would say mm-hmm. and i've learned to accept both negative and positive critics that uh, will help me to write a better book a better novel, better projects for the upcoming generation. No. Like it, really, it helped me. The, the, the initial stage of not being able to accept it because I, I just put it out there. I did not know uh, what people were going to say. I didn't, I didn't really expect them to credit. When people read it, it's like, oh, you can't do that. Or no, that, that's like, that's not um, true. Or you cannot um, put people work out like that. I was like, whoa, this is hard. And I would uh, withdraw. But now I am open and I am accepting critics on either side. Now into radio, after you're my first radio interview, so I don't know what the critics are saying. <laughs> Just me, they're, they're loving it. I'm getting some good. I'm getting some pretty good comments. So I know it's like asking a mother to choose her favorite child, but if as you look back on the amount of work that you've done, it, uh, is there one or two that stands out as your? You know, maybe favorite might not be the word, but when you were done with it, it felt the most fulfilling to to finally have that one out. Mm. Huh, what will I? Say? I think I like the storm, um, Kenny, and that, I was also based in the Caribbean, and mm. I've touched a few Caribbean islands like Saint Lucia, Barbados, going back and forth, and it's about bullying too. And this one was a tale of but um, having no consideration for others. And we, you know, I have had a, a TV interview on that one here in Camrose. And it was actually uh, a part of the series, Helping Those in Need with Your Writing, a disaster relief charity campaign. And it was written for the anti-bullying challenge in Camrose, Alberta. They still use it. And I think that's my favorite, maybe... Maybe not. <laughs> do, you, do you have any excerpt of it that you would read really quick or, or not really? Yeah, I could read um, from this one. Kenneth slowed down a bit. This is page eight. He did not like the people, but turned back? No. Indeed, he wouldn't. He kept casting his spell. Ten minutes later, Kenneth looked at the people again. Almost all the blue had gone from his face. Rising from the horizon waved black, angry-looking clouds. The occasional gust of wind had become fierce. 
the sea that had been so calm a while before was being flurried. A slight boom spat out of his mouth. His little face had no more skull, but it turned gray with anger. He detested the people now. Boom, 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 rolled the thunder, getting louder and louder. Flash! Across the black clouds ran the lightning, more terrible than any Kenneth had ever done. Crack, boom, crash. A terrific peal of thunder sounded right under him. Kenneth stood, still petrified, but with determination. Wildly, he looked around for people, but there were none. Along that lonely beach, not even a seagull could have been found. And now the tear rained. Swish, swish, swish. Driven hard by the wind, it beat upon the beach and splashed with an uncanny hissing into the coast. That's was the, that's the entitled the storm. A storm, Kenneth. Okay, awesome. All right, so our time is here. <laughs> I really, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed our conversation. You shared quite a, a you know a range of your work. Um, very good work, and 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 very prolific. And work. Uh, you you mentioned that you're working on a project with another. In, in tandem with another, if a lady, you're, you're writing um, yeah. some work. Uh, is there any other project that you're working on at the moment? Because you don't look like a person who will be working on yeah. one thing at a time. No. <laughs> Actually, I'm working on a few more. Um, I want to finish a series for Tricks in the Mind. Mm-hmm. I have to finish Monkey Mind Madness series, so book two is almost ready. And actually, I got a good deal from Ex Libri, and they said they, because my work has the potential for to be an award winner, and I would like to send that in for them before Memorial Day. Memorial so Day is this I, weekend. Okay. <laughs> 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 yeah, they sent it to me late, but I had already finished part two, but I didn't um, send it in yet because as I, my illustrators, I have to depend on them. I wait on them. I don't draw my work. Mm-hmm. So I use uh, tricks in the mind. I use a fifteen-year-old. Big up, big up to the teenagers. And this was number one for teenage Christian sci-fi. Wow. We made it for this guy. And then um, Longer Joe Takes and the Bully was an African illustrator named Andrew Oval Jackson. So you can look him up. He's done some great illustration. And I'm looking for some of Dominican illustrators. I want to pick them up. I want to um, take them up with me as I rise. I want to um, pull them. You know, as you say, when you meet the ladder, you send it down. You don't keep it up there. You send it down for for other people to climb. Mm-hmm. So along with my other work, my collaborations, I want to help more people. So if anybody knows that they can draw any illustrators, um, hook me up. I, I, I know Dr. Dr. Dungaben, Dale Dungaben, um, he writes stuff and he has an illustrator. I'm not sure if his illustrator is Dominican, um, mm-hmm. but we can probably reach out to him and see if he, if he, if his illustrator is and, Maybe connect that way, you know. Uh, so, Sharon, I want to I, I want to say that I, I really enjoyed our conversation. Uh, you have so much work on Amazon. I am looking here is Logger Joe Takes and the Bully, Tricks of the Mind, The Storm that you just read from Logger Joe. You bring out the monkey in me, 
obedience in a me-first world, a monkey mind madness, what will we remember, navigate our youth, um, and, and so on and so on. Uh, so, I want to say... Con- and, uh, this one is a collaboration from Sisters with Ink. Uh-huh. And we are just um, working on other projects to help uh, motivate our youth. We did one, Queens of Ink. I didn't participate in that one. I was too busy. But any sisters who have ink, who can write, this is a group for everyone. They also have men in ink and children in ink. So if anybody listening out there and they want to be part of that, that's a very good um, organization. And, and most of our work are being used in schools around um, the world, America. I think she's um, in... In California, most of them are being used there. That's great. That's great to know. Certainly. And as I said, we're going going forward every month. One one Wednesday every month, we're going to feature a writer. So definitely, I can see you coming back more than once (laughs) with the wide body of work that you have. But I think this tonight was a really good introduction, and and I really want to thank you for for the work that you've done. For, for, for what you share with the world. And, and I want to wish you a, you know, a very long career um, continuing to be that prolific um, writer, sharing your thoughts, your creativity, and, and on all the gifts that you, that you share with us in the world. I want to thank you for that. And I want to thank you so much for spending the time with me tonight on this weekend interview. I would like to say thank you to my um, grade four teacher, Mistress um, Afinia Ravare. She's the one who gave me the pencil, or rather the pen and paper when we started 4 H Club. And she's the because I used to doodle, and she gave that to me and told me to take the minutes. And if it wasn't for her, probably I wouldn't be writing right now. So thank you, big up, big up. God bless. <laughs> no, no, that's great. You know, and, and and that's what came out from last week with um, Giftus and Catherine. They, they both had stories of. You know, just a, a, an incident or, or, or something that they participated in, you know, and, and that just blossomed into, into what is now, uh, you know, such a talent. So, so all, the, all the folks out there, you know, you don't, you, as you deal with young people and not so young people, you never know who you're inspiring to, um, yeah. to, to be creative. So, Actually, uh, mm-hmm. not to cut you off, uh, my, my work, my boss, they actually have invited me, and I'm working on it. They use my work to help the residents who have like speech impairments and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right now, and I sent my duolingo readings um, to help them with poetry because they said the poetry they can add music to it, so that when they talk because they are they're impaired, they can like go, and it helps them to get the words out. They can hear it. Mm-hmm. So that's also a big thing I'm working. Seeing that we uh, in healthcare. And I'm hoping all the healthcare facilities could do, use my work to do the same thing to help those who need therapy. I admire your energy so, and your enthusiasm. <laughs> so I wish you all the best. And um, I'm inviting you back. I'm inviting you back. We already have two people booked for June, so maybe July. Um, I'm inviting you back to come on and let's talk a little bit more because there's so much that you have to share. Um, it's difficult yeah. to cram it in 40 minutes. But I, yeah. I know the, the Christian world, they're looking for something from me. And which obedience in the Mephos world is Christian. 
and this is Christian Faith Publishing. They would like to have some of my work done. So if there's any Christian um, writers out there, I know Nicole Georges, um, you can link them up because they want some good um, Christian work, and that is Christian Faith Publishing. I have sent some for them, but um, it wasn't quite what they were looking for because I, as my work, I interrupt different um, projects, different stuff into it. But I'll be working with them in the near future to write some. So, but I know Nicole George is good at that, as I can see it with her last project. And if you know anyone, you just share the news. They look in Christian Faith Publishing. They want some Christian work. They want to share the love of Christ. Christian Publishing. So okay. And you know, and of course, you know that um, Nicole Judges do work on our sister station, life101.net. Um, Redemption Road Season 1 is, is making the rungs of replay, and Redemption Road Season 2 is about to start. Oh, I'm waiting for yeah. that. I just <laughs> bought my Season 1, and I enjoy it. My whole family listen, and we love it. I was so excited. I was telling Nicole, hey, I cannot get Season 2. She's just she's laughing. She's like, it's not out yet. <laughs> Well, I guess I'm over-enthusiastic over there. Yeah, but season two is coming. So, so once again, Sharon, thank you. Have a good night, and I, and I wish you all the best and continued energy and enthusiasm with your writing. Thank you so much, Mr. Drago. I appreciate it being on here. All right, and I look forward to the next time that you're on this week in interview. Have a great Memorial Day weekend once you've submitted that work that you, that you say you want to do. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Sharon. Good night. Well, listeners, there you have it. Uh, another, another tremendous uh, you know, conversation. I, I am so fortunate in this role as the host of this week in interview. I, I get to speak to these people who have accomplished so much and who do so much. Um, I love sharing the conversations with you, but I really enjoy having the conversations myself. I had two tremendous guests tonight, uh, Mr. Alec Laza, you know, all his novels, I, you can call them docu-novels if you want to call them that way, because it's based on reality, his poetry, and then we switch gears, and then we got the energy of Sharon Dorival. You know, so much, so much work uh, across a wide spectrum of genres. And, and you can see that she's just bubbling with, with more ideas and more creativity. So buy the work. You know, go on Amazon.com, support our writers, and um, just use it in your life. Give your kids as gifts. You know, take it for your reading some of those, a lot of the work is available in e-copy, but I also encourage you to get the hard copy um, so you can have it to pass on. And, and, and listeners, enjoy the weekend. It's a holiday weekend for most of us. Monday is Memorial Day. Uh, so stay safe, and we'll do this next week. Next week is our last Wednesday in May in our month of celebrating Dominican writers. So I look forward to that. And until then... Have a great time. I am usually on FYI, FYI Fridays with Sam. I usually call in. So you can check that out. It's a, it's a really informative and entertaining um, program that Sam hosts from um, 10 to 12 Eastern Time um, on, um, on this week in interview every Friday. So listen in. Make it a note. Listen. 
and we do social, political, uh, whatever, um, contemporary interest. Um, so tune in for that Fridays from 10 to 12 Eastern Time. Uh, and until then, have a good night, and we will do this again next week. This has been This Week in Interview, uh, the fourth week of our month of May um, Dominican Writers Celebration. Good night.